This is the Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. I'm your host this week, Anne Nicholson-Weber, and my guests are three members of the cast of When the Rain Stops Falling by Andrew Bovell, which is being produced by Circle Theater at the Greenhouse Space, directed by John Golick. And it's a very uh, a fascinating play I found by an Australian playwright. I had never heard of it or seen it, and one of the reasons I wanted to invite uh, artists who had been involved with it is because I thought it was such a gift to Chicago audiences to be introduced to the script. Um, so Anita Hoffman, Catherine Price Griffin, and Mary Redman are here to talk about When the Rain Stops Falling. Anita, I wonder if you could just kick us off um, with a, a characterizing what the show is a little bit. It's about um, how an, an incident, let's say, um, affects families across time and space, I believe. Mm-hmm. My favorite way to try to tell people about the show was if you imagine a drop of water in the pool that happens in the UK and then another drop in Australia, you begin to see how those concentric rings eventually meet up. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what happens is there's an effect, you know, that right. that, that transcends this time. So um, to tell you much more about it would definitely kind of destroy it but it is it is about um, an incident that that does affect many generations and well the thing that's that's striking about it is the way that the story is told um which is that um we jump across time back and forth and from place between london and um a place in australia yeah is it just one location i guess no it's not right right um, and there is, as we were talking before the interview began, part of the experience for the audience is that it's, it's first of all, it begins with a very um, surprising and poetic and unrealistic scene. Um, so we don't quite, so we don't know that we're in a very realistic world. Eventually, it becomes more realistic, but because of the way the story is told, it still feels very. Um, uh, Fairy tale-ish, maybe, or I don't know what the right, that's not quite the right word. Surreal. But myth, myth, surreal mm-hmm. is better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think of it kind of as a parable in that's, some ways. Yeah. Say more about that. Well, as, as Anita was describing it, it has this story that affects many different people. And in doing so, it affects almost every audience member who sees it in their own way because they all find some way of connecting to this story mm-hmm. to what what really is a very extreme scenario, but they find some little way of connecting with one scene or with the whole story or with one character or with multiple characters by telling what can be seen as almost a biblical parable. And certainly there's a lot of Christian imagery in it. It's it's clearly focused a lot on family. And when you mm-hmm. describe those ripples, it's ripples within a family generations um, mm-hmm. across time. So so because of that structure, one of the interesting things about it and one of the reasons that I specifically asked Anita and Catherine to join me um, out of a wonderful ensemble cast is because they share a role. Yes. The younger <laughs> and the older. She's the thinner me. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk just a little bit about um, about that because I think it's an interesting challenge for an actor. Um, am I right? Is, are there things that are that that uh, constraints that puts on you or particular problems that it's I don't poses? think we found constraints. What we fought, tried to find was the commonality 
and um, we would try to, in the beginning, since this is the second time that we've done it, and the first we would try to find mannerisms that maybe the other person had that we could try to affect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a while, I think that just the rhythm of every, of you know, of how the play goes, you, you lose that some, but um, there's still, we like there's a time when we're on stage together. We try to walk out, because I'm kind of following her, so I try to walk footstep for footstep, mm. use the same crossed arm and things like that, just so people get that suggestion. But beyond that, I think the story really, I honestly do feel like the writing helps helps keep a lot of that, you know, that sameness there. I agree. I think that rather than it being a challenge, it offers even more of a chance to get to know your character because you see this whole other side of them decades later and uh, even another woman portraying the character. And, you know, what does Anita find in this character? What does she think about this part of my character's history? And we had some of those discussions early on. Mm -hmm. Right. So you get to, you get uh, group think about your character, whereas usually you're, you're the specialist. Right. Now there are two specialists exactly. in well, this particular Well, it is interesting person. to see yourself in the future, not <laughs> yes, have a chance to do that. Right, right, right. Um, what were some of the mannerisms that you did, did use? Cause I think that's always interesting. You were the one that was better at picking those out than I was. Uh, well, there's one that I, that I picked out at the beginning and I, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. use it every show or in the same place every show. Mm-hmm. But early on, I was able to watch Anita's scenes and see what she does. And so I saw that there was a certain way that she put her hand on her hip. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to do that. And our costume designer, Patty Roder, had put the same necklace on both of us mm-hmm. as a way of connecting the characters. Uh-huh. That's interesting. I didn't notice so that. But we, we, <laughs> so, we both, <laughs> <laughs> so we both found times to both touch the necklace. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, so the yeah, they do. Too, yeah. They do. The denim, mm-hmm. wearing the same shoes. And boots uh-huh. at different times. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So we did try to, to you know, keep that theme, theme going through it. But it is interesting because I was talking to one of the, the actually the understudies who's had to see the show over and over and over again, and he found it very interesting that he says he thinks that we do look similar. He's yes, find, he finds similarities, is. and I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but he was also commenting about how the more mature characters both had short hair, and I said, it has nothing to do with the character, my <laughs> darling. That's to do with me. But, right. That's you know, the that's funny. the actress, not the. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how those things people read into it. Yeah. Know? Right. So. Yeah, and you just referred to the fact that there are two pairs of younger, older um, versions of the same character. Yes. Mary pay, plays the older version of another character, uh, but I only have three mics for my guests, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we stop there. Well, you mentioned um, that this is a revival, and that's interesting. It's happening a lot around town that wonderful productions are being revived two or three years later. Um, what is it like coming back to something um, that you had done earlier, Mary? Well, I have to admit that initially I was a little worried. I knew that a remount would be different. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure exactly how. And frankly, the first time around was such a wonderful experience that I thought there was no possible way to replicate it. Right. What I found from being in the greenhouse space uh, was actually even more of a challenge for the acting that John Gollett wanted 
from my character because of the intimacy of the space. And even audience members have commented mm -hmm. about how different it is. And the funny part is we have tons of repeat attendees. Mm, interesting. Mm -hmm. People who remember tons. this production yes. and want to see it As again. As a matter of fact, last weekend, both on Friday and Saturday evening, there were people that stopped me in the lobby on the way out just to say, I saw the show in Oak Park. I love this one even more. And so it's been a very interesting um, transition. And it's actually, I think the show is better in this space than it was. You're on top space. of everything. My husband said, I mean, it's the same show, but it's different. Because mm -hmm. he said deliberately in the back row, he said, you're just so on top of everything. And we as actors are a little bit freer because mm -hmm. we were having to try to talk over blowers and, mm -hmm. and things like that. So mm -hmm. you don't have to, you know, try to project so hard so you can get a little more nuance to where, where you're trying to go with something. Right. And this way the audience doesn't miss a word. Not a word. Right. So, yeah. Right. Something very interesting that's happened with getting to do the show again, when our dialect coach came in, her response to it, because she had seen it in previews the first time around, so she hadn't seen it in a very long time, and she said it was as though the play had been marinating in all of us. Mm. We it all, has, it yeah. has. Yeah. We all know our characters and the other characters so much better, so much deeper. It just, it's been, li it's lived in our bones for that much longer. So everything means more. I think the fact that the entire original cast including poor Nick Caesar, who spends most of the show backstage right. because his character has a very limited amount of Very important, however. Oh, yeah. A, a vital character, right. but he only gets a small amount of time to do his thing. Yeah. And to a man, every one of us wanted to come back and do this show because it means that much to each of the cast members. Well, I put off a move to Oklahoma City yes. to do the show again, so <laughs> wow. I'm just yeah. waiting for it to be over. Yeah. So why do you, Why? what is it about this play that made the three of you willing to, for instance, put off a move to Oklahoma City? <laughs> there has never been such a gift. I have done, you know, some plays that I would, you know, were magical, that were great. But this, there's just, it's it's such a rich story. It's told so beautifully, and you cannot, the, the biggest high you get is talking to the people afterwards, mm -hmm. much less just playing with the people on stage. And I'm usually on stage only with one person because, you know, that's who my story mainly falls with. Right. But he's, you know, begun to play more and more as we progress through the play. So that makes it much richer. But man, to talk to people afterwards and get their reaction. And I mean, it is just priceless. Mm -hmm. Particularly with the women in the show. I think it's so interesting that it was written by a male playwright, but all of, I mean, all of the roles, male or female, are fantastic roles. Mm -hmm. But there's something about the female roles in this show that really, really speaks to audience members. And I feel like audience members want to talk to the women in the show a little bit more than the men. Well, I think because in two different ways, both female characters have the arc from young yeah. to old. Right. None of the male characters have, have that, that arc. arc, but the female characters do. And I think not only women, but their husbands oh, and yes. their children have the realization that perhaps... The mother I'm speaking to at age 60 was indeed a freer, 
more independent, <laughs> more naive spirit at 18. Mm -hmm. And just the idea that you can visualize a character's movement through decades of life is, is a gift. I think that's really what moves many of these audiences, is it, it, it's an understandable arc that we don't often think about. Yeah. Well, what, another distinctive thing about the, the play is that um, chunks of text are spoken by different characters. Yes. Um, and, and it's very, it, it's, you, you might think on the page that it was even heavy-handed in the way it uses themes. I mean, you know, there are a few themes that just come back and come back and come back, and then this language that comes back and come back and comes back. Um, but in my experience, it, it totally worked. It was it was really lovely. But so now you have. A, a, I wonder, do you do you talk when you when you have a piece of text that another actor has spoken or will speak? Do you consult or in any way try to to agree about the interpretation of the way you speak those words? Or it doesn't matter. It's just your just your language. Not you not it. at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's part of what makes it work is that we each personalize it and make it our own right. in that moment. Um, that said, when Anita says something on stage that I say later uh, about the lightning, mm. I'm reciting it with her backstage, but that's probably more just to make sure that I remember that line. When it's your turn. Because <laughs> I say it differently. Yeah. Even when saying it with her, you know, when I'm mm. backstage, mm -hmm. I don't use the same, you know, beats that she does. Because You're it's my own. Scenario. I'm in yeah. a different time. Well, it's a tour de force, actually, for the playwright to be able to take an extended piece of text and make it work in the mouths of different characters and not seem forced, which I, I did feel that it was successful. Now, remind me, because I, I only remember that that happened. Does, do characters who are not the same person say the same text? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what mm -hmm. I thought. So there, it's there are not certain just lines the that are spoken by every character. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm not, I didn't pick that up. Yeah. Well, it gets in your psyche. You don't, you don't realize it, but it does. All of a sudden it sounds familiar. And that's another thing that makes this feel like it's personal is because all of a sudden you get to know these people. I, probably because of the repetitive, you know, nature of some of the, the text. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm telling you, it's not much fun when you're trying to read the play for the first time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where am I? Didn't I? <laughs> who is this? Haven't I read that name? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, was there anything unusual about the way you rehearsed the show because of the unusual structure of it, this back and forth in time? Can yes. you talk about that? Maybe Anita and then well, Mary? Well, we just, the, the good thing was is that he took in, because there's really usually pairs. I think you have two pairs that you work with. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you, you have one or two people that you have um, either Almost most or all of your mm -hmm. scenes with. Mm -hmm. So he, we only rehearsed with them at the beginning mm -hmm. and really worked the scenes and why were we doing, you know, all the stuff actors do. And, um, <laughs> Tablewood, yes. Well, yeah, we did all that at the, at the beginning, but then we split up, and we, we were only with that person. Mm -hmm. So we really got that relationship going and before we put it all together. Mm -hmm. Because really and truly, you see it as all together, but for us, it's there's somebody that's kind of overlapping what we've just done, but it's that story. So for you, it's a two-person play. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like I explained for me, it was great because my my life my <laughs> the, my length of time you know the span of time is probably only two weeks. Right. But I got the through story. Whereas if you're having to break up with all those scenes, you don't right. always get that as easily. Right. So that was to me was really really helpful. Yeah. So that was the biggest difference for me was was not having to be at all the rehearsals at the beginning. You know? Just just doing that pair work, that right. duet work. Um, 
is do you recognize anything Australian in it other than just the places? I mean, is there something about the style of it, of the voice of it that strikes you as um distinctly Australian? And Anita, you're nodding. Well, and, and maybe it's just because I've I've associated I have a, a coworker that's an Aussie. Mm-hmm. And so the minute this came out I started you know, talking to her about it and asking her about the Coorong and things like that, I immediately felt like I could get to Australia. So maybe I just was able to do it in my brain, but it feels very Aussie to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It it does to me as well. Um, I was able to get a hold of this anthology of women's writings from South Australia from about 1898 to about 1994, something like that. Mm. And there's essays and poems and short stories and bits of novels in there, all by women in this area where my character lived. Yeah. And I only read the parts that took place during my character's lifetime, but there was something about a lot of them that just felt exactly the same mm. as the stories that were taking mm. place in the play. And it's not the way that the area was described, because it's not necessarily described Right, that you don't much get a lot of scenery in the some, play, but yeah. But it just felt exactly the same that I, I said yes. Mm. Andrew Bavell definitely grew up in this area. Uh huh, mm. uh huh. It's so hard to put one's finger on that, but there, I mean, I certainly felt there was something distinctive about it, and, and wondered if that's what it was. We'll talk a little bit about the dialect work because I, um, I think that's somewhat, as someone who isn't an actor, it always seems impressive that people can do that. Um, did. Did uh, you have a coach both times, or just the first first time around? Same coach. Yes. Oh, I think I think you mentioned that, right? Yeah. And she did a lot more work the first time. That we oh, did. yes, absolutely. And hopefully, it, a lot of it had stuck yeah. once you learned to ride a bicycle. Once you learned <laughs> to <laughs> say an Australian A, you can always say it, right? Um, is it is it an impediment um, as an actor, or is it helpful to have a, an accent? I enjoy it. <laughs> I, I, it's a challenge. Um, but I enjoy it. I think it, sometimes it lends gravitas to the character, I think. Um, especially, at least for me, in the way older Elizabeth is written. Um, her, her manner of speech is definitively British. Mm-hmm. Definitively British. And you have to decide when you do a British role what class. Yes. Um, so how do, how do you go through that? Because I wouldn't have been able to tell from this script necessarily what class you were. Because she's also, she's into, uh, philo- she reads French philosophy. She's an intellectual. Right. Right. She's an intellectual. Yeah, I think the most challenging thing was uh, for me and my scene partner, Luke Daigle, because all of our scenes are him speaking with a standard British dialect and me speaking with an Australian dialect. Mm-hmm. And I think we're the only couple mm-hmm. in the play that has to deal with that. that. Right. It was very, very hard at first. It's once like we, rubbing your stomach and patting your head exactly. like you keep betting. <laughs> right. Uh, once we got used to it, mm-hmm. we got used to it. And that's right. the way I talk and that's the way he talks. Right. But it was certainly a challenge at first. You would tend to slide into each other's exactly. Well, they're similar, you know. They're similar, and so that's but that's because I was talking to Luke about it, and he said, "Once you've learned it, you're fine because mm-hmm. then you're mm-hmm. on. But you have just have to go away and learn your lines with the accent, right? And then you're on, right? Right? But right? I've been doing the same thing. Well, um, another thing that I think is interesting is when you do move not only from one space to another. 
as you've done from the Oak Park larger um, space to this smaller space at the greenhouse. But also, I, I could imagine anyway that there's a different quality to audiences in Oak Park and to quality to audiences in Lincoln Park in the heart of the theater district in Chicago. I don't know if that's true, but I, I wonder if you have felt any difference in the... I haven't noticed it, really. I mean, it, has, it hasn't been palpable. And there are a lot of repeat people. That's always right. what's interesting. Our very first preview, people came. There was a, it was the Oak Park contingent turned yeah. up. Pretty much every performance, oh, there yeah. are people who well, are just coming to see it the second, third time, mm-hmm. and really enjoy because as much as audiences enjoy it, it's really hard to get everything out of it and see all of those nuances mm-hmm. with only one viewing. Right. And you see a lot more by coming back and seeing it again. When you know where you're going to end up and, and how the stories interlock. Yeah. The puzzles, the, the jigsaw puzzle yeah. fits a little bit better this, with the second viewing. Right. But it may just be because it's been the first couple of weeks and that's always a settling in time, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe we'll see some more difference or some differences as we go on. But so far, I've not, I've not really noticed that much one of the things, uh, we were very fortunate to get a, a great review uh, in one of the major papers, and we started, it got to the point where every time we walked out into the lobby, there were total strangers waiting to speak to us. Are you talking about the original production in Oak, Oak Park? Or I'm talking about the original production in Oak Park. Right. They would catch us as we walked out, and they wanted to make sure that they understood the storyline, uh-huh. that they understood the connections between the characters. It, it's just been, it's been such an interesting reaction to this. From the audience. Yeah. I would think that this play, more than many, would be very different on a repeat viewing for, because seeing it the first time, so much of it is, is putting together the pieces. And you don't even realize at first that there are pieces to put together. Right. You just, you know, you're just, taking it in you have no that's always the issue i think when you sit down to any play the first 15 minutes you're just figuring out you know what kind of world is this what kind of language will this be what kind of assumptions can i make and and my experience of it was that they change quite dramatically over the course of the script which i think is one of the the pleasures and impressive things about it that you you think you're in one kind of world and then it turns out you're in another kind of world but it works right but it works it's almost interactive you're required to pay Close attention, yeah, right, and yet just accept what's going on and not try to figure it out. That's right. I it's think right, in that way. right. Yeah, yeah you, if you spend too much time puzzling over it, you'll miss a lot of yes. that. What's just beautiful or mm-hmm. moving about it. Um, it really does. I wish it I could say more. Discussion. Oh boy. Yes, oh yes, including last weekend. Yes. Uh, we had a lot of audience members talking during the show. <laughs> but on the upside, they were talking about the show because <laughs> right, right, yeah. they were trying to yeah. figure it out amongst each other right. during the show. Well, you right. hear a lot of that. <laughs> right. Well, um, I do hope that people will come and see it because I think it's a very worthy script. And um, you guys have really given us an opportunity to see a, a new, really wonderful play. So thank you thank so you. much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much.